Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Friday edition of the program. Big day, big weekend of sports and glad to have you with us as we wrap up the week. Let's take a look at the show lineup for this very busy Friday show. A service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a few moments. Steve Cooley, the coach of New Albany football, will join us. The Bulldogs headed into a semi-state date tonight with number one in 5A Indianapolis Cathedral, New Albany, has been the absolute success story of this 2021 high school football season, and we'll get a chance to preview tonight's game and what a big week this has been for Bulldog football here in just a few moments with Coach Cooley. Also on Fridays, Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is my guest. We'll get you ready for IU basketball playing again on Sunday. Uh, After the big win against St. John's, About a 10-day stretch coming up where Indiana is going to play some mid-major level opponents before they see Syracuse in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. So uh, some interesting time ahead as far as working on lineup combos and kinks and things of the early season Mike Woodson and staff have ahead of them, and we'll discuss that and more with Dylan. And I know we've got to talk a little IU football. I feel like the season has been lost. I feel like the interest from where it was back in August to now is essentially zero, but uh, we'll chat a little bit about this Saturday's game and what IU uh, needs to do to maybe record a win or two before this season comes to a close. Also, later in the hour, we'll be joined by Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star. He'll help us take a look at uh, some of the semi-state football games tonight. We'll get into some basketball stuff as well. And that is the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And, of course, Honey Baked Ham, your source for Thanksgiving as well. All right, with us right now, Steve Cooley, head coach of New Albany football. New Albany plays Cathedral tonight in Indianapolis. The game is at Tech High School. And, uh, Coach Cooley, first off, a big week for your team. One of four teams left in 5A football still practicing this week in our state. Yeah, we're very pleased. We're very fortunate to be playing. You know, I mean, a lot of teams have been done for a month, and uh, we're still out there practicing, working with our young kids, trying to get better for the future with those guys, and uh, trying to focus on Cathedral with our older guys. So it's, it's been a great week of practice, probably the most focused four days that we've had here at New Albany, and uh, our kids are ready to play. Coach, let's talk a little bit about the challenge tonight. Cathedral, a 12-1 and record. They are number one in 5A football. And when it comes to high school football in our state, I think they would be a top five or so program regardless of class as far as tradition and success over a number of years. They really have built a powerhouse program almost year in and year out. Yeah, Coach Peebles has done a nice job there the last few years, and uh, he's got really good players, and 
you know, we've got a big challenge ahead of us. And, uh, you know, I mean, their only loss is to, you know, one of the top teams in the country, Center Grove, you know, who's number one in 6A defending state champs. And, you know, Cathedral's, you know, a special team. And uh, they got a lot of good kids back from last year's state championship team. So uh, we've got to work cut out for us. But, you know, if we want to win it all, you know, we got to beat the defending state champs. So Co- our kids know what they got to do tonight. Coach, one of the real highlights of this new Albany team has been its offensive production and what it's been able to get done even on the offensive side of the of the ball. Um, teams have struggled to score against Cathedral. As you've prepared for tonight's game, does this new Albany offense, despite Cathedral having a strong defense, offer a challenge for them? Well, the big challenge is, you know, it's uh, we've played this defense, the 3-3, you know, throughout the year and throughout over the years. The difference is they have really good players. You know, scheme a lot of times doesn't give you problems. What gives you problems is – Number 99 is, you know, 6'4", 260, and runs 4'5", and, you know, is really good. You know, I mean, having great players helps, you know. So, for us, you know, it's one of those things that we're going to have to, uh, you know, play really, really well uh, up front on uh, both sides of the ball and uh, have a chance to stay in the game. But, uh, you know, really it's a, uh, you know, they're only giving them eight points a game for the year, you know, and some of those points are trash points later on in uh, at the end of the game where they had the big lead. But, I mean, they're only giving up like five points a game in the tournament the last five games, four games in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, they're really talented on both sides of the ball, and we've got to work cut out for us. Talking with Steve Cooley, his new Albany team will head to Indianapolis a little bit later this afternoon. We'll get back to the game and your players here in a moment, but uh, I know you have aspirations to win tonight, to win a state championship, but what, what's the past week been like? I mean, you've, you've been around high school football in our state. I call you the veteran in the area. You've had semi-state teams both as a head coach and assistant coach at other stops along the way. But for New Albany football, which hasn't always seen postseason success and has ne- never made a run this far into the tournament what has the the week been like for these kids the support been like I know there's been a lot of fun fanfare as well as football practice on the field well for us we try to keep it as normal as possible Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday has really just been a normal practice for us our kids have focused you know week in and week out each day and uh, we haven't changed a whole lot there um, as far as the community support and you know what people wanting to buy us meals and things like that it's been outstanding you know it's been a great uh, our athletic director bj McAllister's done a great job you know we, we've been as far as support for our team we've got a pep session you know probably last period today we're gonna have a quick pep session we go around the school It'll be the first time our kids have really got the hoopla fanfare and the police escort out of town all the way up to the interstate will be nice and the parents are lining the city streets on charlestown road at, at 3 15 this afternoon so when we leave at three o'clock so it'll, it'll be nice to see have a good community send off and uh, Students have been great, and the community's been great. But, you know, for us, it's been, you know, I want my kids to enjoy the experience. You know, I told them last night, my last talk to the team, you know, I was very fortunate, you know, at 25 years old, I was in the semi-state as a head coach in 1995 at Harding. And then I was back again in 97 as a head coach. And I haven't been back since. You know, I won a sectional at Jeff and, you know, won a sectional region. I mean, it's been 20-some years, you know, and it's one of those things that doesn't happen all the time, you know. So you need to enjoy the week enjoy the experience and look back on it when it's over and look at what the kids have accomplished. But right now we're focused on Indianapolis Cathedral. We're trying to shock the state, and we're going to try to beat the Irish.
Now, you guys talk about shocking the state. That was somewhat the case last Friday night when you beat a very good Bloomington South team and kind of reversed the the script from the regular season matchup all the way back in week one. I've got to believe because of how this team has found success in the postseason, going back to the Seymour game where they were the favorite but kind of had to work from behind in that game, and then last Friday night to upending Bloomington South, this team has to believe they can do it, I would think. Yeah, we're going to find a way to win. We're going to do whatever we've got to, you know, on both sides of the ball to fight, scratch, claw, whatever we can do to uh, try to be successful. So for us, we've got to play well on defense. We've got to be sound in the kicking game. You know, they got a great punter. they got a kid that gets six fifty yard field goals regularly tonight. I mean, they have all the weapons, you know, two, six, three, six, four tight ends that can run. You know, they got a division one five star quarterback that's only a sophomore that's tall. I mean, they've, they've got tools everywhere and great receivers on the outside. But their defense is what makes them go. I mean, they you know nobody's been able to run the ball on them, and very few teams have been able to pass the ball on them as well. As well. So, you know, for us, we're gonna have to mix it up and uh, and do what we do and try to get the, our athletes in space and uh, and uh, see how we hold up. But you know, I'm excited. It's a great opportunity for our kids. You know, the field's you know 53 and 30 yards wide and you know, 100 yards long up there, just like it is down here. So we're gonna line up and play. Coach, you're well versed in high school football in our state. This came up earlier this week in a conversation on this show with Josh Cook of the News and Tribune. For all the success that Cathedral has had, the game is at Arsenal Tech High School tonight. Do they not have a room for a stadium or a football facility, or or why the off-site game? Because it's their game to host, I believe, in the semi-state. Yeah, they either play their games at Arlington, or we looked at University of Indianapolis, or at, uh, at Arsenal Tech. And uh, they basically play their games based on uh, who's at home and who's not at home at those other schools. So, yeah, they, don't, they do not have a home venue. All right, uh, Coach, final question for you. We've talked so much about some of the seniors on this team. And as they head into this semi-state game tonight, just take us back through their career because they truly have been part of New Albany football. I don't want to say at low moments, but at moments where there was a lot of building and a lot of work to do. And they, those, that group, that core group of seniors that has been with you now for a number of years getting varsity snaps, varsity opportunities, uh, they have really shined here the last few weeks, especially really all season long. So I thought we should highlight some of those guys one more time as you head off to semi-state today. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, when those kids were freshmen, you know, you got Miles Johnson and Keandre Winford and Dejon Winburn and Daquan High and, you know, Tyrese Winburn and um, Jay Raylan Johnson and Darrell Simmons. I mean, those guys, Sebastian Landon, you know, Blake Osborne, when they were young, you know, it's one of those things that they just, we knew there was potential in them. They were solid as a freshman. You know, Hazelwood was really good as a middle school. Scribner was struggling. You know, we put the kids together, and, and uh, we knew they'd be, they would be something special if we could keep them together, keep them focused, get them in the weight room, put the time in, and uh, and have a chance. You know, and that's all we ask for is, you know, come out and play football, play as hard as you can, believe in what the coaches are trying to teach you, and uh, get a little bit of discipline and stay focused and uh, have an opportunity to win a championship. And, and they've done that. You know, I couldn't be prouder of how far they've come, you know, because when they were sophomores – We'd signal in plays, and sometimes they'd forget to, you know, call the play, and the line wouldn't know the play, and we'd snap the ball, and you know, it's just all that goofy stuff that young kids do at times. But uh, you know, right now we're a well-oiled machine. We've had a great week of practice, and uh, you know, we're playing with house money. We're gonna put our chips on the table and see what happens. I like it, Steve Cooley, the head coach of New Albany. Coach, if any local fans, New Albany supporters, want to see you guys out of town today, the bus is heading out Charlestown Road from Vincent Street. Around what time? 
Uh, we're leaving the school a little after three. We're going down McCaffrey Lane out here by the high school, and then we're taking Charlestown Road all the way out to the interstate. All right, sounds good. Great memories for these young men. And, Coach, congratulations. A veteran of football in our state, I think this makes four weeks in a row that you've joined us on Fridays talking about whether it be a sectional championship, regional, uh, semi-state, and let's see if we can make it one more week and preview a state championship game. Hey, that's our plan. I know you got Kyle on later. I read his article in the Indianapolis Star a little bit ago. Hey, you tell him we're going to cover his spread. <laughs> Absolutely. Got that, Coach Cooley. Best of luck and happy for you guys, your family, and, and everyone part of New Albany football. Thank you very much. Thanks for what you do for local sports. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. That's Steve Cooley. And what a success story this New Albany football team has been. I, I've been a vocal critic of the area. I love high school sports so much. I love seeing our local teams have success and make state championship games. Part of that is it's fun to to be a part of it from the media end. It's fun to be able to broadcast some of those games. And uh, football, we just haven't had any recent runs to uh, beyond the regional round. And so New Albany breaking through this year. And uh, let's hope this is the beginning of some really good time for high school football here in Clark and Floyd counties. And speaking of games on the radio, uh, we will have the New Albany Cathedral game tonight right here on the Big X if you want to tune in. I know uh, the stream, the video stream provided, you've got to pay for that. It's a pay-per-view type situation. But as always, our call of the game on the app, on the AM, on the FM, no matter how you listen, it's available for you free thanks to our great sponsors here on the Big X. Sports Radio. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Dylan Wallace, he's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, will join. We got lots to talk about from an IU basketball perspective. Boy, it's fun following this team. New coaching staff, fresh start for IU Hoops, and a good, good win earlier this week over St. John's. We'll discuss that and more. And don't forget, the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. You can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. We'll head to a break. Dylan Wallace is next. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. Okay, we're back here on this Friday edition of the show. The Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. And Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is my guest. We're going to get into some IU basketball. And I guess we'll a little reluctantly touch on some IU football coming up a little bit later in this segment. But Dylan, first off, what a big week for IU. Uh, Gabe Cups, a big commitment in the 2023 class. That came out early in the week. And then midweek on Wednesday night, a 9 o'clock uh, nationally televised game, IU. It wasn't always pretty. There were some scary moments in the second half, but I thought a lot of positives and a big win in this non-conference portion of their schedule for the Hoosiers. Yeah, it was massive. Um, you know, you, And it was just kind of cool that Gabe Cups committed before even that St. John's game. I mean, you kind of listened to what – he was talk when he was talking uh, to some people. He said, "You know, it, I went to the Northern Illinois game, and I kind of knew when I was in the building 
um, just for that game. And, you know, the crowd, I mean, I was at that game and the crowd was just, you know, it's, it's a solid crowd and, you know, you, but it's not, it's nothing compared to what it was for, or for what it seemed like it was for the St. John's game. But he really seemed to be kind of, you know, really impressed by just sort of how Mike Woodson was coaching the game, how he interacted with them, how the team was in the locker room and, and with each other on the bench and on the floor together. So um, that was really awesome for him to be at a game like Northern Illinois where, you know, Indiana's supposed to win and they easily do. And he's just kind of really impressed and had the feeling of like, hey, I want to be here. Um, you know, usually you see that with recruits when they go to like a bigger game. You know, that's like, like I said, like which could have been the St. John's game. But so that was really cool to see. And then, you know, they follow it up with, um, just a, a really impressive win. You know, that St. John's team is obviously levels above their first two opponents that IU played. Um, you know, I'm sure they'll give some some teams in the Big East some fits. Uh, the Big East, uh, by the way, kind of just whooped up the Big Ten in the Gavit game 7-2. to two. Um, IU and Michigan State, the only two winners. But, uh, yeah, it, it was it was an impressive win. And, you know, you, you kind of felt like they could have been up by more after that first half. Um, and, you know, St. John's kind of crept back into the game. Uh, Champagny started making a lot of shots. They started to hit a lot of threes. Um, but, again, like we sort of saw with the Eastern Michigan game, but just with a little bit higher stakes and a little bit tougher competition, Indiana found a way to just make the winning plays down the stretch. Um, and these are games that we've seen them slip away or let them slip away the last couple of years. So, uh, you know, I think Mike Woodson's happy with how they've been able to close these games, make the right plays on both ends of the floor to kind of keep the lead and stay in front. Um, but, you know, he's also just said, hey, you know, we got to we gotta learn how to keep these leads and extend them. You know, that's going to be a, a, the next step for this team is when they get out to a, a big lead at home when the crowd's going to be behind you the entire time. You know, you, got, you can't go through those walls. You've got to try to put them away. So uh, it, it was a fun game, though. It looked really awesome. The atmosphere looked great, um, as you'd expect. And uh, just a really big win, a really nice step for this program to start off 3-0 and and then kind of get that first, I guess you could call it a signature win. You know, Indiana always kind of has those early on in the year with uh, either the Big East opponent or maybe like the Big Ten ACC Challenge, you know, whenever they pull out some of those wins. So really good win and really fun as well. This team's fun to watch. Dylan Wallace is my guest, IU basketball, the topic. Dylan, now that we've seen IU against two mid-majors and then against St. John's, a high major in the Gavit games, which I think – I think your description of being a signature win, especially early on for Mike Woodson and this team, I, I think there's no question it is a signature win and a resume win, to be quite honest. Yeah. I mentioned that earlier in the week. I thought it's crazy to think about March, but it could help their resume I mean, when they get to that point. But now that we've seen IU in those three games, what are you looking forward to in some of these upcoming not-as-exciting games like Louisiana on Sunday and Jackson State coming up as well? Um, are we going to see Christian Lander get a lot of time in some of these opportunities? George Geronimo had a great outing against St. John's. Is he going to have a chance to really log minutes and experiment with him even more in some of these upcoming contests? Yeah, you, you before you even mentioned Lander, that, that's what I was going to say. You know, is he going to fit into the rotation a bit more? Um, you know, he came in in a really, really important stretch during that St. John's game. You know, Xavier Johnson was in foul trouble. Rob Tennessee wasn't playing all that well, but I think he was also kind of dealing with, with something, somewhat of a calf injury or something like that. So I think that might have played into why he didn't put him in the game. But Lander came in and, you know, yeah, you know, he picked up some fouls, but he did not turn the ball over once, and that's a team that wants to put pressure on you. And you know, we've seen Lander make you know turn the ball over in the past, and that was, I think, the most important thing that he did was he just didn't turn it over. And obviously, he had that really big, uh, you know, kind of swooping in layup uh, and transition to to put Indiana on that five zero run to get back up five. 
and then you know, and he he was just solid, you know. And I think he he looked he looked kind of like he was ready to play, and it was a really good thing for Indiana to kind of see that. And now I'm just curious, you know, in these games, as you said, against these teams, Indiana should should be fairly successful against. Can he get into the rotation, you know, before it's a 30 point game with two minutes to play in the game, you know? Like that that was why he played against Northern Illinois. It was just kind of the garbage time, so to so to say. Um, but will he play a little bit earlier, you know, like this Sunday against Louisiana or, you know, against against Marshall, against one of these teams that's coming up? Like will he play earlier? That's something really interesting to look for because he showed a lot of promise. And Mike Woodson has said a couple of times, like Christian's coming along. Like I, I trust him if I need to play him. Um, so I'm just curious to see, uh, you know, just kind of where he might fit into the rotation. I know obviously Rob and Xavier are probably still going to be the top two guards that Mike Woodson's going to play. But you know, here and there, will he, will he, will he fit? Um, you know, Christian Lander, and that's one thing to look at. The second you mentioned Jordan Geronimo, he just needs to play more in general. You know, I don't, I don't even know if it's really a, a question. I, I think just what he's been able to provide this team through three games, especially what he did in that Saints John games. I mean, man, I think he needs to play a lot more, and I think it, it'll help if he does because it'll help kind of spell trace and race a little bit more. If you can get Jordan Geronimo on the floor, um, I think he played what like eight minutes or something like that against St. John's. It felt like he should have played more because he really made an impact every time he was in the game. Um, I mean, just what he did in that, in that second half, the big three, the kind of the reverse layup. Um, and then he had the, the little jumper off the inbounds pass. You know, he, he, he had seven points in eight minutes and, you know, they, they had, they put him in to defend the, the final play to defend the, the, the guy, Champagne, I think in that final possession. So um, that that's massive. And I think he's a really valuable piece and uh, he should definitely be seeing some more minutes, especially against some of these teams coming up. You know, this will be time for him to, to play a little bit more and grow a little bit more as well. So those are two guys I'm definitely looking forward to, to kind of see, you know, where they might fit in the rotation. Also, I think he'll play Michael Durr a little bit more. I think it was kind of a bad matchup against St. John's, who who didn't really play all that big. They played kind of small. So, you know, having guys like Trace and Race on the floor and Geronimo were obviously pretty important. Um, and he's also just kind of trying to get back into game shape. And then another thing, just can, can Miller Cop and Parker Stewart kind of get out of their shooting slumps? Um, I, I know Miller Cop started to knock a couple down in that second half. Um, Parker Stewart's been getting really good looks. And he was one for three on, on Wednesday. And the two that he missed, I mean, they just rimmed out. Like, they were dead on. You, they looked like they were going in, and then both of them just kind of rimmed out. And he made he made another one. So uh, he's getting great looks. And I'm just curious to see if he can start knocking those down with confidence because he's he's going to be a big piece if he can knock those shots down for Indiana. And all of them look good, and all, and all the misses also look good, you know. So uh, I'm curious to see if they can kind of get out of their slumps a bit um, because Indiana's going to need those two guys for sure. Talking with Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. I guess this is the million-dollar question of this uh, interview today, Dylan. We're three games into the season. Are you ready to say this Indiana team is better than last season's team? I mean, remember a year ago, Indiana blew out yeah. Providence, had a big non-conference win there very early in the year, and I think people were excited about that. What, what's your early or early thoughts? Yeah, and even going back to the the year before last year, they they started what like eight and zero after like blowing out a Florida State team that was really good and, and won the ACC, and then they got then Indiana turned around and got destroyed by Wisconsin on the road. So I mean, we we've seen these teams the last couple of years get off to really good starts, and by the time the Big Ten play kind of creeps in, uh, you know the the, the wheels start to come off a little bit. But I just think looking at this roster, I feel like there's actually a real kind of 
plausible thing you could talk yourself into is thinking that this team is better than last year's team. Um, just because of the depth and kind of the talent, you know, you're bringing a guy like Rob Finnessy off the bench, and he's been a starter for this team for three years. He's coming off the bench. Tamar Bates, who looked great in that first half and was also in, in the game in the final couple of minutes as well. You know, Mike Woodson trusted him. Him and Geronimo were kind of involved in that last defensive possession. You know, a guy like Bates and Finnessy are coming off the bench. Um, you know, I just think it's in Geronimo as well. Um, you know, Trey Galloway, he's going to be out for six weeks, but he was also coming off the bench in pretty important minutes. Um, so, I, I think this is definitely a more talented team, and I think just the way that they're playing, they, they seem just pretty confident, you know. And, and I think the way, and I think we've also kind of seen it translate onto the floor. Trace just looks really confident on both ends of the ball, uh, a floor. And then you know, Race Thompson also looks, you know, he took that last shot against St. John's, kind of a little flipper across the lane. Um, that, it might not look like the best shot, but he he got it to go down. You know, he looks great on both sides as well. Um, I just think this team looks completely more confident. Um, and I think I think just from a talent perspective, they're more talented. But um, that doesn't matter if you're not confident in your game. And I think these guys are playing with confidence right now. I think they believe they can compete with a lot of teams. And I think that's a good thing. And I think the, the fans all believe it too. You know, the, the, the I, just seeing tweets from Wednesday's game about people saying, you know, wow, like the that energy in Assembly Hall felt like you know some some stuff that we've haven't seen in a while, and it was just great to see. And um, and just with the the calming demeanor, kind of Mike Woodson brings. Um, you know, he's not. He's not flipping out on the sidelines. You know, he's obviously always barking out instructions. I mean, you can you can tell he's very much, you know, coaching and everything like that. But he's not pacing. He's not smacking the table. He's not doing all this theatrical stuff. You know, he's just very arms are crossed. You know, he's kind of calm demeanor and he's just telling his guys what to do. And I think that's kind of a a different style that they're used to. And I think it's been a really good thing for them. And you know, we're also getting you know, I, this is sort of a, an off off tangent thing here, but. We're getting kind of a sneak in the locker room, you know. I don't, I don't remember ever the last couple of years seeing videos of the head coach talking in the locker room to the guys. We see Mike Woodson talking to them. We see the guys before the game hyping each other up. We're just seeing all this cool kind of inside stuff that's really fun to to watch. So uh, I, th- I think this team is better. You know, I'm I'm always so hesitant to to say it because I thought every team as as the Archie Miller era progressed was going to be better and get into the tournament as well so and then you know also I obviously thought the football team was going to be good this year too so I don't I don't feel too good about saying three games in what a team is but I, I honestly just think from a talent perspective they're more talented um, and it seemed like they're playing with confidence which goes a long way uh, they should obviously continue to win some games here in the next couple of weeks so uh, you know they should be in a pretty good spot here uh, you know, in in you know early December, and when the Big Ten teams start, and they get to, they play the Syracuse game, so uh, it's a good thing. And I'll just say they're better. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the text line. Texter writes, "To me, it looks like this team is having more fun than in the past. Just three games in, but you you've been in a lot of these games the last number of years. Is do you see that from uh, whether it's on the court or off the court interactions from this club? It definitely looks like they're having more fun out there. Um, I mean, you can just tell kind of." You know, after Trace, you know, gets a big block or, you know, race slams it down. I mean, these guys are pumped up. Like they're they're yelling to the student section, you know, they're 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 yelling to each other, they're getting each other hyped up, the bench is going crazy. Like it just seems like they're having a lot of fun. Um and you know, it's it's really fun to watch when they get out in transition because, you know, they they're looking to push it up, they're looking to get those dunks, they're looking to, to get some alley oops and um it just looks like a lot of fun, a new fun style of basketball. So even when kind of things got a little tight, you know, and, and St. John's kinda of made things uncomfortable for them, 
they were still making big plays and they were still really engaged and that was just great to see is their 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 mentality and their mental side of the game like didn't didn't falter they didn't get they didn't panic they didn't you know start turning the ball over a crazy amount you know they did have a couple of of pretty bad turnovers in the second half but I just thought the way they were composed um, was good and, and and you know they just looked like they're having a lot of fun so I agree with that completely. Um, you know, even the last couple of years, I, I, but I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be completely different in the big 10. You know, it always, Indiana, like we said, they always kind of get off to these pretty decent starts in the non-conference because you're playing some teams that you, you can beat. So uh, in the big 10 play, that's going to, that's going to be the big thing. Are they still going to be this excited, this amped up in the big 10? If they lose a game here or there, you know, that's going to be the thing to look out for, but it definitely looks like these guys are, are really a team. You know, we see in all the videos, they, they kind of break the huddle with one, two, three family. They're all kind of hyping each other up. So, um, yeah, I mean, by far and away, it looks like they're having a bunch of fun. And you just hope that continues because the schedule's only going to get a, a lot tougher in the next, uh, you know, couple of weeks here. So, you know, you hope that keeps up for them. You know, when we talk about this team this season, I saw somebody write this earlier today, but sophomore Christian Lander, who, it's, you know, the jury's still out. He, he had some good minutes the other night. We'll see what happens in the upcoming games. He was a possible transfer before Coach Woodson came. Jordan Geronimo, you remember his mother saying maybe, I think something along the lines like it would make sense for him to come closer to home when there was a coaching change in Indiana. Then he talked with Woodson, and all of a sudden Geronimo's back in the fold, and we're really beginning to see his potential. And then, of course, freshman Tamar Bates. He was not in the mix at all at IU until a late decision to uh, make a move from his original commitment, and obviously Mike Woodson and his staff were able to lead the charge in landing Tamar Bates. So when you look at some of this early successes, and again, there's a long way to go before we can say that IU's turned the page or IU is even taking small steps forward. But so far, some of the things that have highlighted this team in various moments this year, I think, are thanks to Mike Woodson being there, thanks to what he's been able to do to recruit and or retain. Yeah, I mean, he, he retained the, the biggest piece in Trace Jackson Davis, too. You know, I mean, he it seemed like he got that job done pretty quickly. You know, that he said he's always said that was kind of his number one thing. He wanted to come down and, and make sure he got Trace back, and he, and he did. And, you know, that was kind of the first step. And then to get all the other pieces kind of back, to get, to get Geronimo, to get, to get uh, you know, Christian Lander. You know, I, I don't think Rob Finnessy ever kind of really questioned it, but I think Race Thompson, to get all these guys to come back, um, you know, basically all of them except kind of Armand Franklin, he got back here, um, and that was a big thing. And then you you bring in these these transfers like Xavier Johnson. Uh, he kept Parker Stewart as well. You know, he was another guy that did never put on any Indiana uniform. He could have easily just left, but he didn't. Um, and and to be able to to kind of bring in Xavier Johnson, Miller, Cop, Tamar Bates was. I mean, I I didn't even know Indiana would even involve with him. You know, because he was obviously committed to Texas. He decommits there. They're able to swoop in and get him. I mean, just just the talent they brought in, the the void of the the void that they needed to fill in terms of their roster. They it seemed like they all were able to do that, um, and they just put together a really really solid roster. And I think we've seen that so far. Is just the guys that can get on the floor, the bench when the bench comes in. You know, they don't really miss that much of a beat. They, they they're able to do a lot of the, the really good things still, and, and kind of get up and down the floor. It's just been really good. Um, and Mike Woodson's obviously been a huge part of that. Is, is kind of getting guys to stay. Um, and now we're starting to see, you know, some some really good recruits kind of choose to come here as well. So he's he's been doing all the right things so far. And uh, we've always said, you know, all summer we said, hey, this is, he's doing everything right. Um, we just got to wait till the games start, and we'll see kind of how it translates. And you know, so far the three and zero. You know, so so far nothing's really gone that wrong yet. So it's been really positive. It's been really good. 
Um, things could, should continue to stay good. And, uh, you know, I'm just curious to kind of see, you know, when they go on the road, you know, that Syracuse game, how, how that, how is that going to be? And, you know, you start big, you play a couple big 10 games in December, you know, how will things go there? Um, but I just think this team has just gotten off to a really solid start. Um, the talent is there and Mike Woodson, it's all kind of thanks to him so far. And obviously, um, the, the assistant coaches as well have done a really good job, obviously, with the recruiting and all that. So the coaching staff has been great so far, um, and Mike Woodson just seems to, to really kind of be enjoying what he's doing right now. Uh, and it's just fun to listen to his kind of post-game pressers or his pre-game stuff. You know, he's, just, he's always kind of a, a fun person to listen to talk. So it's, it's been really positive for Indiana, um, and this, this just feels like it could be a really special season. Um, and, you know, hey, I think they were, what, they were 27th in the AP poll um on on monday and now you know ohio state lost uh maryland lost those teams were kind of in the top 20 ish so i'm be curious to see with this win over st john's and you know you're assuming a win over louisiana on sunday um is there a chance indiana potentially sneaks into the top 25 um just based off of kind of some some teams losing in the top 25 i'm not saying being st john's should all of a sudden put you in it but because they they're they're, they should be 4-0 by monday and some of the teams in that kind of back half of the top 25 lost does Indiana kind of sneak in there as a 24 or 25? Should be interesting to look out for. But, uh, yeah, it, it's an exciting time right now for sure, and I think everyone's really excited as they should be. Yeah, well, good point there on the AP poll. We'll see what happens on Monday. Uh, talking with Dylan Wallace, uh, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, I want to sneak in a couple texts here real quick. Uh, texter writes, My opinion, the last couple of seasons, the Miller coach team had a look of no fun. They had a look like we are done, don't want to be there. Uh, I agree. I think that was uh, pretty common there, a theme by the end of the season, especially the last uh, season or so. Also, uh, texter Brad writes in, go Hoosier football, season ticket holder here, and I will be there cheering them on in Tom Allen, I trust. So we've got a transition there to football for just a moment. IU going to take on a 6-4 and four Minnesota team uh, on Saturday. And You'd like to say, Dylan, you could see an opportunity here for IU to maybe close the season with a couple wins and turn the ship around and build for the future. But with what I've seen the last couple weeks, uh, I'm not sure who in the Big Ten IU could play and beat right now, in my opinion. Well, the last week was just sort of the nail in the coffin, sort of. It just felt like the the effort, the belief, um, just kind of is all gone right now. Um, and it, it was, you know, it was, it was disappointing to see, uh, because, you know, you know, you could, you could honestly say, and you know, there's not a lot of things you could look at to, to, to argue this, that Indiana is the worst team in the big 10 right now. Um, they, they're the only team without a big 10 win. Um, Rutgers was probably, and Rutgers and Illinois, probably the other two bad, well, Illinois kind of had a, a couple of really weird good wins. Um, but Rutgers was the other kind of bad team who only beat Illinois. And the fact that Rutgers looked so much better than Indiana, thirty-eight to three. And listen, I know Indiana's had a, a crazy amount of injuries, but but still, I mean, that was just really. And you're at home, and, and you know, it was just really, really disappointing. And you just kind of felt like um, these these guys are kind of just mentally shot right now. And um, and and you know, it, it's I don't say that I blame them. Just kind of what's happened this year has been really tough. Um, and you know, I think it is considering that you know Tom Allen is. You know, he's always kind of, you know, built on sort of getting the guys to believe and all that kind of stuff. And it just seems like that's kind of been lost uh, so far in this back half of the season. Um, so I think right now, the rest of this year, um, you know, I'd be shocked if they beat Minnesota tomorrow because Minnesota is, as you mentioned, they're 6-4. and four. 
Um, they're a game out of first place in the Big Ten West. You know, they're they're still playing for for potentially getting into that Big Ten title game. They're obviously playing to get themselves into a better bowl position uh, as well because they're already at six wins. So um, that that'll be a tough game for Indiana. And then, you know, going to Purdue the week after that. Uh, and Purdue's obviously going to, you know, they've they looked pretty okay a couple times this year, and I'm sure they could easily win that game too. But you know, if Indiana were to somehow beat Purdue to close out the season, and you know, beat your rival, maybe that'd be kind of a feel good thing to go into the off season. But it just seems like, uh, you know, right now there, there doesn't seem to be a, a pass for Indiana to win um, any other two games left this season. But maybe maybe they do, and maybe they they come out and they kind of flip things. You know, maybe Tom Mann had a talk, and, and all the guys are like, all right, let's just try to finish this out strong. Maybe they're able to pull something out and, and kind of get some confidence into the offseason, but it's, it's been really tough. Um, and this offseason is going to be a big one for them. You know, They're going to have to really, really kind of look look at themselves and, and make, make changes if necessary. Um, I think a lot of fans uh, do believe the changes are necessary, um, but we'll kind of see what they do. But, um, yeah, to win any of these last two games is, is probably a low, low, low possibility. But, um, hey, you know, may, maybe – Maybe there's some belief left in there. Maybe maybe some of the young guys can play and kind of try to show what they can do. Maybe some of the guys just want to come out and try to win. You know, we'll see. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been it's been really disappointing. I think you know last week was really sort of the the thing that we was the, the, really the game that kind of pointed to us that hey, you know this this is just not the these guys just don't have it this year, and it just seems like the confidence has kind of been lost. But We'll see. You know, it's kind of it's kind of been a disappointing thing and a disappointing season for sure. But maybe they can kind of salvage some of it in these last two games. Um, but it'll be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Dylan, as always, thanks for the run today. We'll talk with you next week. Sounds good. Thank you. As we go to break, one other IU hoops topic I want to bring up: Trey Galloway is out. He has a broken wrist and was supposed to undergo surgery just a little earlier today so uh, best wishes to Trey and his recovery haven't seen anything official from the school this came from his mother she was confirming that his wrist uh, on that uh, flagrant two foul the other night was uh, did result in a broken wrist so uh, we'll see how long he is out Uh, I think I read somewhere it was likely not a season ending injury Uh, But we'll see how things go for Trey Galloway and wish him the very best. We'll head to a break. We're back with our final segment of the week. Kyle Nedrip of the Indianapolis Star. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for... All the small schools never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Friday show. Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star is my guest. And, Kyle, we start with semi-state football tonight. The New Albany Bulldogs headed your way to play in Naptown against Indianapolis Cathedral. 7.30 kickoff, New Albany and Cathedral will play at Tech High School 
on their field at their facility. And uh, Coach Cooley, a little earlier in the show, Kyle, he wanted to send a note to you that uh, he plans to do a little better, maybe a lot better than the score you predicted in uh, today's Indianapolis Star. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I hope he does. Uh, that, that's uh, that's great. And I think, uh, you know, it'll be – it's kind of one of those underdog type of a situations, but, you know, stranger things have happened. And, you know, I know it's cool for them to uh, – for New Albany to be – to this point, you know, they've been building, building up for a while. And, uh, it's always, I think it's always neat. I think I've told you before, I need to see other, other teams make it, uh, this far and, and uh, get some new blood in the tournament at this point. Kyle, it sounds like to me in five, a, the final four, the Southern teams would be new Albany and cathedral tonight. The Northern matchup would be Zionsville, uh, way up at Michigan city tonight cathedrals on a level of their own but it looks like the other three teams from what i hear from people that know a lot more about high school football in our state than me the other three teams in the final four would be great matchups yeah i agree and most most of the time you know this this team cathedrals had the last two years has really been on another even for their storied history uh kind of on another level from even where they've been uh here in the last at least in the last you know probably 10 years or so uh, these even with the, the the players that have gone through there, like Terry McLaurin and Emil Echior and you know Marquis Step and guys that are you know NFL or high college level right now, even uh, this has been kind of a even a different deal uh, for Cathedral. Their defense is just you know on a on a plane with Center Grove, and that's pretty uh, pretty high standard. I, it's, they they basically went head to head with Center Grove and. You know, I know that ended up being twenty-one-six, but it was really a you know it was a, a one-score game uh, up until the last twenty seconds, and and could have gone either way really. Uh, but yeah, this I would say you know Zionsville, Michigan City is is pretty much a toss-up, and if you threw New Albany in there too, I think they would compete uh, with those two teams. And you know, it's kind of been beneficial as a side note. <clears throat> you know, the IHSA decided to push back the. Uh, enrollment changes and i'm pretty sure zionsville would probably be a 6a team if they would have gone ahead and done that uh so they got kind of an extra year playing 6a uh, as it stands now and maybe a chance to make it the state finals for a, a second consecutive year but i know they're making a a long trek up to michigan city and i think that'll be a really good game tonight as well up uh up in the region all right, Kyle, give us a little more preview on Cathedral for New Albany fans that will be listening or maybe making the trek to Indianapolis tonight. Uh, some of their top players, top prospects, what makes this Cathedral team so very dangerous and number one in the state? Well, they have a, a sophomore quarterback, and I, I've been hearing about Danny O'Neill even last year. They had a, a senior starting last year who was really good, and Nate McCahill, uh, at quarterback and, and Danny O'Neill, as even as a freshman, you know, people were talking about him like being the next uh, guy and, and maybe being better than McCahill was. And he certainly has, has proved that he's not a real big guy, but uh, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Very confident. He's only 15 years old, but uh, you know, he's, he's definitely one of the best quarterbacks in the in the area, probably the state. And then he has a guy at receiver named Jerron Tibbs, who you know you guys may know from basketball. A uh, really good basketball player, probably even a better uh, wide receiver prospect. He's getting some Division One offers already. Uh, he's up around 800 yards or more. He's kind of their big play guy. And then uh, they have some good tight ends, a really good group of tight ends, too. Uh, their offense hasn't been quite as dynamic. They don't run the ball exceptionally well this year. That's maybe their one weakness uh, 
uh, that they have is they're running. Uh, they have a good running back, but just haven't haven't run the ball really well. Uh, where they're really strong is is defensively, and uh, Jeff Hutzinger and uh, Bryce Llewellyn are are two of those guys. There's a number of really good defensive players at every level. Uh, KJ Gilbert, who's a Division One uh, player at defensive end, he's only a junior, but uh, they're you know those guys. Llewellyn, I think, is up to eight eight uh, interceptions already uh, for the season. He has a walk on offer from Notre Dame uh, and some other you know scholarship offers, but. Uh, they just don't give up anything, really. Uh, shut out Westfield earlier in the season, the first game of the year. Uh, you know, it's it's really hard to score on them, uh, even if you, you you may get them once, but it's hard to get them twice. So uh, that's really where they've kind of made their their name is on the defensive side, and you know that's uh, you know probably they're probably you know right up there with Center Grove, like I said, as far as one two uh, teams that I've seen uh, you know, defensively this season and probably really for the last uh, couple of years. They were good last year. They're even better this year. Talking to Kyle Nedrip of the Indianapolis Star here on this Friday program. High school hoops on the boys' side gets underway next week with a handful of official games before Thanksgiving and a handful after. And then, of course, the next week the activity really seems to pick up. I'll tell you what, uh, across the state, a number of teams I'm interested to see, a number of players we're interested to watch this season. And as we get ready for everything, where will you be in week one? Have you identified some of the big early season matchups you'll, you'll be hitting early on? Man, I haven't even looked to it. <laughs> I'm just trying to get through. We got our uh, preview stuff rolling out. I'm kind of kidding, though. I I, I plan to go to Warren Central Tech on uh, Monday night uh, to see Tech. Tech has a uh, kind of a whole new roster. Uh, I know that they raised some uh, uh, awareness, I would say, from coaches around the state that they kind of have a new a new team this year. Uh, you know, a lot of different guys from other. Uh, areas of the state a couple who played prep school uh, last year have come in uh, and they should be pretty good i'm curious to see what they look like on monday they play uh, warren central like i said with uh, tay davis who's going to louisville and uh, chandler jackson who's playing division two he'll be playing division two next year at illinois uh, springfield uh, also a really good player but they lost a lot so i'm I'm kind of curious to see how those two teams match up uh, in the opener, and then uh, that, there's only a few games Monday, but that's probably the better, you know, the, one of the better games. And then uh, I know Zionsville and Carmel play, and you know, to be honest, I haven't looked uh, too far beyond that. But uh, you know, still with football and, and whatnot uh, coming next week, so I'm hoping to get out to at least two games next week, if not more, and then uh, you know, mixing that in with our. Uh, normal uh, football. We'll have a lot of football coverage next week. A lot of local teams, I think, will end up uh, making it next week to uh, Lucas Oil. Kyle Nedrip, the Indianapolis Star. Mike Woodson uh, struck again this week in recruiting out-of-state guard, point guard Gabe Cups over in Ohio, the latest addition to the 2023 class. Who maybe could be next for IU in the state of Indiana in that 2023 group? Well, I know we've talked about him a lot and Xavier Booker and had a chance to talk to him. Uh, I'm hoping to write a, a profile on him here coming soon. Uh, but I think he's probably a guy that a lot of people are curious to see play this year. And, you know, I don't know if he's necessarily the next guy in line, but uh, has an IU offer and, and I think is, uh, you know, interested if, if uh, you know, you could, you could at least put it that way. But he's kind of a unique guy. He's not a... Uh, he's got a lot of interest, I would say, outside of basketball. He's kind of a, a soft-spoken uh, type of guy, and I think that's maybe, you know, not really the question about him, but but 
you know, how he's going to perform uh, this season and, and what's, what's he going to look like as a junior. And I think, uh, you know, it's not going to change anything as far as his, no matter how he does, I think the, that people understand what type of uh, talent he is and upside he has. But, you know, he's, he's definitely a name that I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing more of. I know he's on the radar of, of a lot of schools, even beyond the borders of Indiana. But, uh, you know, I think he's maybe the most interest, intriguing player, you know, as you get into the, to the season just to see how he does this year. Yeah, I don't disagree. Kyle Nedrip, the Indianapolis star, he always joins us on Friday. Kyle, uh, next week I don't think we'll catch up with you because of high school football, state championship games, and other conflicts, and, of course, the Thanksgiving holidays. So happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for being with us, and uh, look forward to the next time we talk it officially being high school hoops season in our state. Absolutely. We'll have a lot to talk about by then, Matt. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. Kyle Nedrip, the Indianapolis Star. That's going to wrap up this week. Don't forget you can find us as a podcast. If you ever missed a live show, we're on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back with you Monday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.